sometimes you ask yourself, are you successful? Mm. You're in exactly the spot you need to be when you're there, as long as you prepare for it. You know, as that's long the thing. as you prepare. You know, I always say it's like be careful what you ask for, and then when you are asking for it, just make sure you're ready because that opportunity is gonna go by, and somebody else can be like, I got it. Mm -hmm. If you don't get it, you know. Success. Mm. Hi, thanks for tuning in for Success, Uman. This is a local Minnesota podcast talking about people who have become successful in their own line of work, whether they've started their own business, had a side hustle, or just been highly successful at their W-2 job. And here we are connecting people. Tune in. See who's on board today. Stokely. Stokely Williams. Thank you so much for coming here. Stokely is a local legend. He has been a recording artist for years, decades, and he's had some pretty major stars that he's worked with before, and we are just so honored to have him here as part of our show, and I'm really excited to hear more about like how your work has evolved over the years. and. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Thank Appreciate you. It. Lovely being here with you. You know, uh -huh. it's always great to be places here at home and you know, you know, support people what they're doing. Just as I've been supported over the years. So yeah, no, thing. yeah, I appreciate it. And that's like that's a big part of the game. Is like, I mean, it. We feel so lucky that once you get to a certain level, you're still willing to reach back and help people up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's huge. That's that's everything. That's how we all end up doing anything right somebody has to help you know somebody has yeah. to i mean yeah. some people probably do yeah. it on their own but yeah i doubt it I, no that, <laughs> no even if it looks like nobody does it on their own it's like you need people that's what life is life is about people yeah so yeah. let's go back to the beginning who yeah. helped you well i was a little little tiny lad uh <laughs> who <laughs> as i was i was always i guess i must have had a, a drum in my heart because yeah. that's where it started, heartbeat. And my parents, uh, both educators, who um, saw this talent, you know, I was on, beating on stuff, pots and pans, of course, you know, as uh -huh. kids do, you know, they hear. Making messes. Yeah, making messes <laughs> or hearing a drum and bugle core, you know, down the street, and you you just captivated by that. And so they uh, saw that I had this interest or, you know, maybe a talent, but couldn't tell, you know, because it's like, well, it's my son. I don't want to be, maybe I'm biased. So yeah. You know, very young, I was beating on some bongos or whatever that my um, parents went to Africa. They went to Ghana at the time, like very, you know, a long time ago. And so they had these antique bongos, and mm -hmm. I was sitting there, you know, doing whatever. It sounded like some patterns, as my father says. And um, he had a friend that had a group. They had this kind of like uh, folkloric, you know, African dance troupe, like, you know, with the dancers and the yeah. whole night. And called them over. He was from... Uh, guy from Panama, and uh, came over to hear me. He's like, the guy's good. I'll take him with me. What? Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was four, you know. Let uh, me take your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, take with me. So that's what it was back then. It was kind of like more community, really very communal, and everybody was just kind of uh, trying to help, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had my first public gig. And it was the first National Bank of Minneapolis at the time. I was standing on top of these this silver, this steel folding chair, you know, and, and the caption, <laughs> I still have it, tiny, uh, big drum, tiny dump, drummer was the yeah. caption. Yeah. And then that's where it began. 
you know. So, so you started a whole dance party, four years old. Your <laughs> whole <Yeah>. dance party. <laughs> yeah, I was part of this this collective, this uh, this African, you know, like I said, folkloric, you know, traditional African, you know, dances and you know uh, all these rhythms that I learned very young, and went on to another troupe because uh, at that time there were a lot of poets and you know a lot of people who were interested in. Um, at that time, civil rights, black civil rights movements, or there are all these things that were happening, bringing people together and cultures together and, you know, uh, wanting to, uh, you know, feel that pride and everything. So I was always playing for poets and everything. I was very young, you mm -hmm. know. I didn't know I was getting all this education. You know, it was just yeah. fun for me. I loved being around it and doing it. I probably didn't and, even feel like education. Yeah, it was just, it was around you. And we had yeah. this we had this place called the Inner City Youth League uh, right in the, in the neighborhood. And this had uh, everything from martial arts to uh, um, you had you know boxing there, you had a uh, recording studio there, you had arts and crafts. I mean everything mm -hmm. for kids to go and just learn. A recording studio. Yeah, recording studio for little kids. Yeah, you know for everybody. I was young at that time. I didn't mm -hmm. really know what that was. It was you know, <laughs> but I was more so interested in you know like the karate and you know jujitsu and you know I was in the painting class and the kind of stuff. So. Yeah. It was I was just stimulated by all these things, you know what I mean. Uh -huh. So that was the very beginning of that of really what kind of helped you know shape me, you know, and lit that fire, you know. So my parents are the ones who really saw that early and got on. You know, it's like you know, they're definitely you know being advocates of like you see something in a child that they really you know, take to try mm -hmm. to develop that, see you know bring it around them and see what happens, and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're so lucky to have that support. Yeah, absolutely. We need that kind of thing. Whether it's your parents or a mentor or a teacher or somebody, mm -hmm. that's always the case, you know, where, you know, a kid might not be motivated too much, you know, in academics or, or anything else, you know. But I think if you bring them around, there might be that one teacher that speaks to them a certain way. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, I don't like this class, but I like the teacher, which makes you like the class, you know yeah. what I mean? Or makes you like the subject more. So. It is a big difference, you know, when you kind of, you know, somebody lights that fire. And I had, you know, besides my parents, you know, I had a few different mentors and people throughout my life for, you know, different stages who yeah. stood in for that. Yeah. So you were you were in the, it, was it a Panama, Panama, like that? Panama well, it was it was it was uh, it was a West African dance troupe. He was okay. from Panama, but yeah, they had all kinds of dancers. It was just I was just fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. And then um, yeah, like I said, I got in this other troupe with of drummers and, and chants and poets. And then there was another one, another uh, dance group, African dance group called Uchawi Dancers. We used to play out, out at the Renaissance Festival. Every okay. Yeah. That was so much fun. Uh-huh. That was so much fun. And, you know, we used to go out there. What's the the big act was the act. It was two um <laughs> two comedians, but they would dress the part. They were called puke and snot. I was gonna say it's not puke. <laughs> I think they're still there. If Are they still there? Oh I yeah. I think so. Yeah. They've been there a long time. A long time. I don't know if it's the same people or if the people play that, you know. Yeah. The uh the act, but yeah. Have you we, been there recently? I haven't. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. I mean it's yeah. still good. I'm yeah, sure I'm it's sure. very similar, yeah. but the food and the, the little yogurt thing. They had the big old turkey drumsticks. The and turkey those, drumsticks. Yeah. So, yep. so when I um I was very familiar with all those all those foods and everything because I so I was the the youngest in the group and I was the last person to join so I was the rookie so uh -huh. they would have this thing called rookie run 
So anytime anybody wanted anything, oh, no. rookie run, <laughs> that'd be me. I'd have to go in the tray and I'd go, we want yogurt. Oh, I want to jump. So I'd have all this stuff come back, you know, uh-huh. to the trailer and back. And it was, yeah, <laughs> that was my initiation, you know, so. Those like yeah. the Renaissance Fair gets pretty wild, like for all the people that work there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But, but a lot of yep. fun. It was it mm-hmm. was a great, uh, great moment for me. You know, how old were you in that phase? At that phase, I was probably about 11, maybe. Oh, my God. That's yeah, really probably, young yeah, to be at the Renaissance yeah. Fair. I know. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, okay. Dance troupe, yeah. Renaissance Fair. Renaissance Fair. Uh, so from there, um, let's see. There was various things. So I met another another pivotal point, you know, probably a couple of years after that, about 12, 13 um, you know, I was still in school doing my stuff, you know, discovering, I discovered trap drums. So they got me an actual, you know, a uh, drum set at the okay. time. I just had bongos at the time, you know, and, um, I, it's maybe 12, 13. Okay. They might've got one for Christmas. I remember that. I'm sure it was wrapped, overlap. You know. Like your parents seemed like yeah. they immersed you in everything. Yeah. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, um, got that and I started just discovering, you know, you know, that whole thing. And uh, around 13, uh, 13 or 14, I met, you know, a, a big mentor. I call him my second father. He's a rest yeah. in peace now. He's gone on to glory. Uh, I named Cliff Alexis Sr. So there was this program called T-City, called for, uh, it stood for Twin City Institute for Talented Youth. And it was at McAllister College okay. that was held. And I was a year younger than what, it, you know, I got in a year earlier than uh-huh. what I should have, but my my father knew the guy there, and uh, so a steel orchestra was there, a steel band, a big orchestra, and I was like, this guy was from Trinidad Tobago. He was a very, you know, he's uh, my mentor, Cliff Alexis, was a guy who was was one of the first groups to leave Trinidad to go play for the Queen of England. So I mean, a lot of he was a world-renowned, you know, composer, yeah. conductor. He made the steel pans and. And wow. tuned them, and for a lot of colleges around the world, you know, whether it be in you know Denmark or uh, you know Japan, all these places and spaces. I mean, he would just, he's, you know, you ask anybody in the steel pan world, they know this guy. So wow, and he was right here in the Twin Cities. So uh, I was in that program, uh-huh. and that was the year I was about to go uh, into, I think, ninth grade. So mm-hmm. he was going to be teaching at Central, St. Paul Central okay. High School which is where I attended. Yeah. And uh, so St. Paul Central that, you know, ushers us into that whole world where there were, they had something called the Magnet Arts Program. Mm-hmm. And what that was, they had a recording studio there. Okay. They had something called Acting Music and Junk. So that was the actor's <laughs> thing. Uh, it was basically like uh, you've seen, I don't know if I'm dating myself, no, it was, a, it was a show called Fame back in the day. Yeah. So that school was the LaGuardia Center for the Arts, you know, in New York. So this St. Paul Central was like that. You okay. know, it was pretty much kind of like a performing arts without saying it was a magnet arts school that a few uh, other schools would come there for like half of the day or something like that. So Yeah. yeah and I'm sure of, there was like qualifications to get in. Yes. So it's like the best of the best in the yeah, states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And public school. I mean, so I mean, St. Yeah. Paul Central was amazing at the time. I mean, I think that was probably, that was the pinnacle in my eyes. I mean, yeah, somebody of course. In my, it, of course, <laughs> my, it was. yeah. So, but there was so much. I hear other people come out. I was like, it wasn't like that. They, studio's mm-hmm. not there anymore. Other things missing. Really great teachers. So, I mean, school is what you make of it. Too. It's what you make of it. And again, again, Cliff Alexis was one of these people 
whom not only me, but a lot of the students loved because he was like really real. I mean, he'd cuss at you and everything. Be, <laughs> you know, and then tell you, go get your parents. <laughs> you know, as I'm sure, you know, you guys are doing a lot worse than I, you know, than what your parents think, you know. So um, a lot of, uh, there were a lot of troubled youth. They would code him. So he was kind of like a counselor, but we all loved his class. Mm-hmm. And he had a way of teaching you that was just electric. It was magnetic. So mm-hmm. I was in concert band. I was in the steel drum orchestra. So you could uh, play steel drum too? Yeah, that's that's one of my one of my one of my favorite instruments actually. Cool. Yeah, steel pan. Wow. And so what happened was the uh, the concert band director would come down and ask, Well, how are you how are you how are you teaching Because we were playing not only like the latest of the day, like, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, but we were also playing like Tchaikovsky, Bach. Brahms, you know, Rachmaninoff, mm-hmm. all these classical, you know, really elegant, you know, compositions as well as, you know, whatever was out at the time. So right. it was a different, we were genre building all over, you know, all yeah. bending all over the place. And you, you need know? that. You need that different exposure to yeah. like see what you like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it was really just electric for us kids and everything. It just turned us on. So he was one of these people who just, we just loved him. You know? mm-hmm. and so he was, uh, he ended up being, you know, to the time he passed I'd always just stay in touch with him in contact and you know yeah he's always wondering what I'm doing and you know that kind of thing so he really helped me if I was out of line he'd let me know <laughs> now did you ever wear yeah uh, yeah well that's story <laughs> I was gonna say too like yeah. you know you seem like a very humble person mm. like as a kid were you like oh I got this like were you at all like had moments of of like you knew you had something and and you had need to be humbled or were you just always this like humble? Um, I think there were enough people around me who were on the level who I, we call them people who are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. You just call them snipers because they're just <laughs> you know what I mean. That's musicians on the stage. Everybody's a sniper up here. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. It's like they're honing on their skill. They you know it's virtuoso basically. So yeah. I had a lot of that around me. So it it that kind of kept okay. me on the level, you know what yeah. I mean? So Which was a more, great thing. Yeah. Maybe was, more like imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, am I as good as it, that kid? Right, you know. I mean, <laughs> I knew, you know, it was just fun for me. I wasn't even thinking on, like, good. competitive or nothing like that. It was just, like, I was always the youngest in the room at the time. I was always played with people who were, you know, older than me and around that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, you know, I was probably privy to some conversations that I probably shouldn't have been around. But, you know, <laughs> you know and you're not in that art world, it just stuff just spills over, you know, and you mm-hmm. forget. So, yeah, it was... um it kind of kept me on the level. Good. So, yeah. Just discovering new things all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was high school. High school. And uh, so in high school, I met a guy named Homer Odell who was from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And mm-hmm. he had some um, prior experience of playing with a steel band up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his stepdad played in steel band. So we met. And that was the guitar player. We met up and started, you know, playing. I found out he played guitar. And so we, you know, got a little ragtag group together with some other uh, folks that we knew in high school and that we started playing together. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, anyway, we were just kind of dinking around, you know, in the recording studio. And he was really, really, he had a natural knack for like, uh, he was a natural engineer, like hooking up things. And I saw I learned a lot from him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we were just recording songs. In the studio, I was learning my voice at that time. I started because I was primarily uh-huh. you know, a drummer coming from the percussion world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and by the way, all that time to leading up, like my aunt was, you know, uh, was a uh, musical director in church. She played the organ. So sometimes I would tend and I would play in church sometimes, just bongos, that kind of thing. And you so, the bongos or yeah, the piano with her? Bongo, bongo. Okay. She played piano in organ, yeah. 
Um, so sometimes when she'd be like, yeah, come on and play you know, on Sunday, and I play, you know, we're going to play this song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a company with uh, percussion and whatnot. And uh, so in high school, I met Homer Odell, and we had these groups that we were just kind of, you know, and it was infancy stage of like getting everything together, learning each other, learning our instruments. He's learning, you know, guitar. And uh, that went on for a while. Everything was just, you know, it was just amazing in high school. We all were involved in like the studio. Um, we all were involved. Uh, well, most of us were involved in Steel Pan, that orchestra. So that was a great, um, that was just everything at the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that that was such a learning, you know, center for us. And yeah. um, at uh, that time also, um, that was the beginning of like the mint condition stuff, you know, like really? the infancy stage because all of us except for one went to Central. Okay. By the way, yeah, uh, the bass player is from Chicago. He came in like '86 or something like that. Okay. So we kind of kept doing our thing. I was playing around. I was playing, in, you know, drums for everybody at the time. There's so many people locally. I yeah. was Just always busy. So, you know, I had a. Uh, I decided once I skipped past and we did the high school thing. You know, all that stuff. But by the time it was it was you know graduation time, I was you know I went to go and monitor classes at Northern Illinois University, which were my, my mentor, the steel drum uh, instructor, was going to be teaching, mm-hmm. you know. And he taught there until he uh, passed away. And so I at least wanted to go check it out and see what it was about. And I kind of did a little audition, see if I was qualified. And they were like, pretty, pretty good. They're like, you're good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and, um, but however, I was like, I'm going to have that gap here. I don't know if I, it wasn't, I had something else in my, just, you know. Yeah. Nobody, I was always pretty driven. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody had to tell me to practice. Nobody had to tell me to go do what, you know, you mean to get down there, you know. Mm-hmm. Although there are stories that people say that, you know, his parents had was down there, get down there and practice. <laughs> it was none of that. It was none of that. You know, if you hear anything. It's, parents always say that. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. other friends of mine that said, well, did his parents had him down there. No, none of that. <laughs> they never had it. They would try to tell me, are you coming up, you know. It's kind of loud because, you know, drums were loud instruments. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was the parents' first nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> you know. My mom would have a headache, and sometimes she, I'd be in the bass. She'd be like, blink the lights off. and I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so I'd have to stop for a minute. and I'd play soft and creep it up louder again uh-huh. afterward. Yeah. So. Yep. so there I did all of that. And... um so yeah, I didn't I didn't go to uh, to uh, college, and what? But I had all kinds of odd jobs. I mean, my favorite was Domino's Pizza Driver. I used to do that, you know. Yeah. Oh, I worked yeah. that first bank, you know, you know, shuffling papers, trying to uh, uh, like uh, uh, trusts and things like that. Um, all kinds of stuff I did. You know. Was it ever hard to hold a job if like you're so passionate about music? Was well, to... the tricky part was at that time they had all these temporary jobs you can get in. Yeah. You know, and I was, at, I think at the time I was, I was pretty good at whatever, you know, put my mind to. So all those temporary jobs would become permanent. They would always offer me the position. And I'm like, oh, I kind of <laughs> like, like, like to be able to, <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to move around, you know. you were always a hard worker. Yeah, I was, mm-hmm. I, but I needed that flexibility, you know, in case something popped off because you never know. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know I mean? And so um, I did that and... Um, there was a couple of little drum contests I, I won at the time, and that you know, just I was just in, in a bit a of a couple of little contests, uh, yeah. They had not, at the time, <laughs> I was the best in the state, and, but uh, you know, there was a lot, it was real, real competitive, you know, at the time. So, um, there was, um, 
Shit, where are they? So, uh, somebody's making me jog my memory. Oh, jog. <laughs> yeah, so the odd jobs was doing all that stuff and, you know, the whole, um, uh, you know, trying to be an artist kind of thing on the side. Mm -hmm. And However, I knew that whatever job I had, and there was one in particular I had at, uh, it was this printing press off of 7th and St. Paul. It was great money. It was called... Um, was it Anchor? Yeah. That was a paper company for sure, but... I think it was, it was no web publishing. It was before web. it was Anchor. Okay. Web publishing. Cool. Yeah, it became Anchor. You know, I've had all. I remember work, working at Anchor Hawking to the, the, make the the plasticware. I remember having a job. There. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they to, kept you around for a long time. Oh uh, yeah, I used to work there from eleven p.m. to eleven a.m. Wow. Oh my. Yeah. Because then you can go live your day. Yeah. 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 I used to work some crazy hours. Yeah, I was you know. Yeah, it was wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. I mean, sometimes you need wow. that. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think um, I was listening to NPR like years mm -hmm. ago, and she was like, the era of a starving artist is dead. Support mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you can do there's, there's a lot of things to get into, you know, these days. I mean, there's, um, I mean, what you all are doing, podcasts are amazing right now i mean so many people are figuring it out you know we got the technology you know what i mean why not yeah so i i, I tell my son he's looking uh, budging um, musician whatnot i said really you have everything it's, every lesson if you want there's lessons on here i mean you can go find out it's like yeah if you want to do it or if you don't do it it's really your fault you have everything right here at your fingertips literally yes Yep. So, I mean, if you don't, you know, it's it's on you. You can give you, you can have everything. And now, at the same time, it kind of makes people lazy because it's yeah. there like that. Yeah. Oh, we had to go it. seek it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And just the addiction of phones in general, have you, has that been a struggle for, like, your kids? Like, are they kind of. I, I was hard on that, you know, but I realized that they're a different kind of human. I actually, I was worried about it, but at the same time, they were pretty, pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. And my son would actually police himself. Mm -hmm. I said, "How much time? No, I only use such and such." There, I was like, "Okay, you're actually looking." At it. I was like, okay, so I, I, I eased up a bit because he's a hard worker like you. Yeah, I can see that once he puts his mind to it, you know, he's you know, he's got it. You know, I've never had to one indication. He, I've never had to wake him up for school. What? He just always he gets up still to this day, and it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I, that's one thing we've never had to. As like a kindergartner, he's like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, uh, it's, it's like, he's really. like, Dad, I mean, do you want coffee? <laughs> yeah, now his sister would always make him late. He would get upset. He was like, you want to make me late? I have detention again. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> this kid. Yeah, daughter, different story. Yeah, get her up, yeah, so. But he, um, yeah, he gets up and, um, yeah, so it's it's um, me. Um, we're at again. Gonna remind me something. Uh, start going off on. Um, we were talking about um, like the beginning of your band, so and you were working band. overnights. Yeah, so working mm -hmm. overnight at the uh, at the plastics company, doing all these odd jobs, and trying to stay fluid so that I can, you know, work and you know play at the same time. Find got to hit a gig or something like that. Yeah. Um. So there was a big gig that came up, and it was a friend of mine who got me this uh, audition. A guy named George Pettis, and he had an album at the, at the time and a single that was going pretty crazy. And he got the opportunity. Well, there was a guy who was, I don't know if this group called the Jets at the time, you know. Um, they were from the island of Tonga. There was like 10 of them. 
Okay. Very popular songs at the time. I got a crush on you. Look at me at the Jets. Look him up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so they were managed by this guy named Don Powell. Don Powell had like a car dealership, so you know that was his his mm-hmm. thing. And he also uh, managed this guy George Pettis, who I um, was about to play with. So he had the front slot for Whitney Houston at the time. So wow. at her Moment of Truth tour over in Europe. So I was on that tour. It was like three months. We went to every nook and cranny in, in Europe. That was my first time. I uh-huh. just turned 20. Wow. Just turned 20. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you're starting off pretty big. All of, all of <laughs> yeah. I was just 19 on the cuff, 1920. <clears throat> and uh, it was like, you know, a culture shock with, from everything. Yeah, I was, you know, I didn't, my first time experiencing like, just like missing home and that whole thing. It was like, a, mm-hmm. wow. Oh, that yeah. was probably your first time abroad, too. Everything. It was wow. first time abroad, first time away like that, you know. Weird schedules. Oh, the schedule was I mean, it was, I was having fun. It was like playing music, but I mean, hearing the different languages, the different food, different cultures. It was just, my mind just, everything opened from there. Yeah. yeah it was like, wow, this was really crazy. So, uh-huh. um, so by the time, so let me go back before I go that far. So me and uh, the guitar player who I mentioned, Homer Odell at the time. So I got that schedule and he was like, oh, man. Because we had plans of like you know, putting together a group and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I guess this is it, man. It's the dream of the group is, you know, going. It's like, oh, no, no. I'm, we're still going to do that. I'm like, this is, you know, this is the stepping stone is what I looked at it as. Yeah. So, you need to make great. the contacts. Yeah, make the contacts. I already had in my mind. Then I was like, no. He saw the schedule and was like, wow, this is a lot of places. And it was. It, it was, was. It was. It was extensive. and um, But it wasn't forever. Yeah, it wasn't forever, but it was some of her biggest, you know, hits, you know, that you can think of. But I got to see that and witness mm-hmm. the way things are done on the road, how, you know, the back scenes, you know, the production, just the preparation of how things yeah. are done, how the, how the business is run, uh-huh. you know, for that hour and a half on stage. Everything before and after, that's most of the work Yeah, you know, to prepare. So so did you have to do a lot of that prep? I always thought there was like stage crew. and Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, they have, a, but I'm just saying me witnessing that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, I didn't have to do anything. I had a drum tech and everything. They set everything up, <laughs> come do sound check, <laughs> do the show, watch her show, you know, travel, see the sights, you mm-hmm. know. How different is it show to show to show? Like, Well, each uh, there, what was interesting is a post, well, Sometimes here it's like each state is can be like a country from like here's different than Texas, mm-hmm. different than New York, you know what I mean? But there are other actual countries where so I mean and they're really clustered and you know, we going to London is different than even London and then the other city, Birmingham, up uh, Birmingham yeah. is a little different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then you go to France, different language, different sensibilities, you know, and you go to um uh, Norway, different sensibilities. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you go to Ireland, different. You know what I mean? It's like wow, it's it's really it was really interesting to see the difference of the dialect, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of the language, and then the, uh, the variation of the foods and everything. Just mm-hmm. like really interesting. So, and then everybody singing the songs. They all know it. Everybody singing, and that was the common. I mean, that's right. It's like music truly is. It's the common denominator. It's like that's the thing. That is the true like uniter. Of every of everything in life to me. It's like mm-hmm. nothing unites people like music. You don't have to know the language. You don't I mean it's just like it's a vibration that goes inside, you know. Yeah. And that that's everything. So to be a part of that community is, is really special. And I had to figure that out because I, I wasn't sure. Uh there was one time where I was like, ah, what am I? I'm only doing music. I'm not 
and I was going to do something else. I'm like, I was going to quit, wow. you know, like 99 or something like that. Things changed a little bit. So, but I realized that this vibration, it's, it's really music and the arts is something that you don't know you need until you need it. Mm-hmm. And we found that out during COVID again, you know, cause everybody's yeah. like, Oh, we want something. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So really interesting. So yeah, that was, um, some of my, uh, that's what did it. So learning all those, you know, let's meeting so many people with, um, you know, doing the Whitney tour and everything, you know, gotten the rubber elbows with her, to sing with her and just hang and, you know, it'd been every time I'd did seen her. Did you sing with her? Yeah, at, at the end of the tour party, you know, we got up on stage. And <laughs> oh, just my God. Just, yeah, just silliness, you know. Just yeah, I'm sure it was fun, but. <laughs> a lot of fun. And um, Did you sing her songs or did you guys No, like... it was just some, <laughs> you She was know, probably was bored of her songs. Off the cuff, you know. We yeah. just got up there and was just, you know, just get up there and jam and just the first thing that comes to mind, mm-hmm. so. Did you scat with her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of that. Oh, my God. Scat and all of that stuff and just, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, so. I, uh, yeah, she was fun. I was listening to your album mm. and the part where you were scatting with Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's doing it. He's out here doing it. He's living all my dreams. Oh, and man, now you sang fun. with Whitney. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. You're who I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was, hey, just one of those things, a moment in time and just, you know, have the opportunity. I was just so blessed to be able to be, you know, do what I'm doing. And, you know, the folks who you know at that time, it just, you know, things, planets aligned, you mm-hmm. know. This is plans are lining for you all. You know, this is whatever you do. You're in exactly the spot you need to be when you're there. As long as you prepare for it. You know, as that's the thing. As long as you prepare. You know, yeah. I always say it's like be careful what you ask for. And then when you are asking for it, just make sure you're ready because that opportunity is going to go by. And somebody else can be like, I got it. Mm-hmm. Oops, if you don't get it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah. many people get caught up in hanging on to the excuses like, oh, the timing's not perfect. I'm not ready for that yet. I got to do this one thing before I take this huge accomplishment. That's right. No. Yeah. Go do it. Go do it. You'll figure it out later. That's right. Get ready for it. I mean, and the thing is, I think it's not so much people are ready for failure. Sometimes it's the success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be scary. It can, it's daunting and it's very, um, you know, from afar, you know, what we do is it's a, it's a very seductive industry. You know, it looks, oh, it's nice and shiny and all these things that you see. But it's a, there's a lot of, I'm sure we all know by now, everybody's pretty savvy that some people's lives, the way it's put online, it's there's mm-hmm. darkness to it and all that stuff. So um, trying to avoid all those pitfalls, you know, I, a lot of them I saw when I was younger. So I was like, ooh, ooh, mm. mm-hmm. you know, I was like, no, let's, I'm going to keep it on the level here, you know, or, ooh, I just missed that, you know. Because sometimes you can be hanging with certain people that you don't even know are into yeah. whatever they're into. And just by being around that, you're that too. Yeah. Guilty by association. So Well, guilty by association, yeah. but the more you're around it, the more it becomes normal. Yes. And then you even know you're doing the same thing, you know. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. That's a high so. level of discernment for like your, mm. to be able to notice that entering the industry yeah. that's yeah. so big. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think just seeing it very early on. A lot of people who had bad habits or, you know, things didn't end up so well. I was really, you know, um, aware of it pretty early, mm-hmm. you know. So some of those pitfalls. And I had people around me that were just keeping me. I had the right village, as they say around me. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything. Like, even if I wanted to do something, it's like, no, 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 no. I know your daddy. 
<laughs> and I, I'm just, he's gonna I'm gonna have to answer for that. And they're like, no, no. Uh huh. So you, you know. got one eye. But are you sure I want to be? Yeah, I'm trying. You know, <laughs> trying to be with the in crowd or whatever was happening at the time. So what kind of pitfalls yep. would you say are like pitfalls? Well, you know, just you know, <laughs> just to get at the time, specific. where it's more specific, you know, trying to get. I won't say what the group was, but they're definitely known for their drinkers, <laughs> you know, okay. like really, and getting into all kind of drugs and all kind of stuff. Yeah. And they'd be like, "Come on, Stoker!" I'm like, "Oh no, man, that uh, nah, I, I'm not. I can't. I can't do it. It's just not like this. your 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 guys' stories is way crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was after you know we had a couple records out and everything. It's it's a very um, it looks like fun. For people, but I'm like, no, that's I that's not gonna end well. Mm-hmm. And it didn't for them. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I mean it's still around doing what they do, but yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, that wouldn't be good for me. That's nuts. I don't really need that to get my high, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 There's always room for recovery. Maybe yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, it's, it's yeah. So yeah, but there's so there are so many things you can imagine. I'm you read so much stuff online and you know, mm-hmm. um, there are also so many lies and everything, but there's always a little bit to the truth, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. Sometimes there's not any truth. They're just people making stuff up. Right, know, doing it is, for the clicks. Which is frustrating, I'm sure, for the people going through that. So I really mm-hmm. feel for a lot of people um, that I've seen, you know, go through that. And I'm like, man, I have nothing. To, where did this even come from? Yeah. You know? And, you know, sometimes that's, I think, part of that whole successful thing because people cheer you on and once you get there and you're so, you have so much exposure, mm-hmm. you're there for so long, it's normalized. It's like, ugh. You know, and I feel like that happens with Beyonce a lot. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who just, you know, she's just classy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love to see that. It's like she's been there and she's at the top of her game, top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. People know it. People love it. You know, some people love She can't sing. It's like, Really? really? Have you heard her? You, 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 you sure she can't? Okay. I, <laughs> All right. Okay. I want I want you to yeah. sing next to her. Yeah. We're I'm like, I, come on, man. I mean, it's something else. So, I mean, I, I just dismiss that. It's, I don't know what they what you're looking at or listening mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. But there's, um, it's it's a crazy, crazy game, just like, like anything. But, um, yeah, highly competitive. And um, they're so, I feel like there are more people doing arts and music now than ever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because music is one of those things that you really can enter in at any point. Any point, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, to be an agent and sell houses, you got to go through something. You know what I mean? Right. Well. Music, you can buy a computer. Oh, doop, 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 doop. <laughs> so, and make a song. And here's the thing about it. You can actually be a hit mm-hmm. with no with talent. With TikTok, with all that. Yep. It's the crazy thing. So, I mean, it's really, you know, it, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So most of the people who are really amazing, uh, who put in the time, you never hear of. Or it's very difficult yes. to you discover, them. oh, wow, this is a new artist. No, they've been around for 15 years. Yeah. You know, it's like you, that. Like, I feel like I hear these stories all the time of these artists who are so talented mm-hmm. and they just can't get a break. Yeah. What kind of like inspiration do you have for them to either keep going or maybe? It's I, I think there's a couple of things. One, um, that's why people move to certain places. Mm-hmm. You have to go where that thing is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think you can do it in you know wherever, but that's that's a chance where somebody might come in town and see you. Um, I will. Th- there's that, and then also now I think it's a different day because of 
technology. So yeah. people are, you can pretty much, you know, upload your stuff wherever you're at and people will see it. So it kind of doesn't matter where you are. Mm -hmm. So just um, keep going. Keep going. You know, so whatever, after it's out there, your product, whatever you're trying to sell, whatever you're trying to promote, um, just keep going. You know, somebody will see it. You know, there's so much traffic on, on this stuff, you know, on social media that you just have to keep posting until people see it. It's like a commercial. You might not see a commercial for a while. You know, it's been, it's, you know, commercials been out for a month, but mm -hmm. unless you're watching TV at a certain time, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep putting things that look attractive. That's going to, you know, attract somebody's sensibilities and, um, yeah, just keep going, whatever you, whatever you do. So that's, but, you know, and try to hone your skills, mm -hmm. you know, to be the best, you know, know, have some history about what you're doing. You know, like know where, how you, how you got to that, how you, how it came to be. I think that's what prepares you for if you choose to have a career versus a moment, you know, like yeah. three to five years and it's done because that's all you know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So make sure that you go back, do the research, how that thing came to be, how you came, you know, where you sit inside of it so that you can talk about it and elevate yourself past any enforced trend or style, mm -hmm. you know, because those, those float, those come and go. So Right. Yeah. Know your why. Yeah. Know your why. Mm -hmm. You got it. Absolutely. So I think like, is there a difference between, I mean, obviously there's a difference between your 15 seconds of fame and a career. Is there a way to hedge towards the career? Because I feel like you have all these one hit wonders. Yeah, true. I mean, just, I would say just do what you love. I, you, you're, you, it's true, Russ, and you build it, people will come, you know, you'll find your tribe, you'll find your people. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, just keep doing it. You know, you have to be consistent. And uh, while you're be consistent, but while you're still discovering yourself and, you know, try to, you know, cover some new ground um, and people will find you. I think that's just a thing. But, you know, um, the thing, the three things that I say I give to uh, younger people coming up, you know, is your skill set. Work on that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. history and what you said inside that. Um, also, technology. Stay abreast of that, because that's the thing in any industry that's going to prepare, it's going to change. It's going to change everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, everybody's, you know, selling papers on online. You can't just, here's your paper. You know what I mean? They're online. You, ha you know what I mean? Right. Every industry has to be online. So uh, uh, skill set technology and then um, your actual business that you're in. So know some lawyers, know some agents, you know, know some promoters, people who don't have anything to do with what you do. You know, because you never know who you run into. You know, it's like at some point there's a lot of people who you don't see now. It's like, where is that group? They might be doing a lot of corporate work. Uh -huh. A lot of times they're over in Dubai or doing for this company and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, Cool in the Gang, this old group. They've been yeah. around since the 70s. They, uh, That's one of my dad's favorites. Yeah, they do a lot mm -hmm. of corporate work. You know, I've ran into them. It's like, uh, what are you guys doing? You know, we're over in Indonesia at some point, staying in the same hotel. They, we're doing something for... <laughs> <laughs> Some big tech company, you know, whatever. You know. Cool. Yeah, I did a, a thing with, um, you know, when the beloved Prince passed away, there was all, all these people doing these tributes. So I was I, I was blessed enough to uh, play with the revolution for about a year or so. I saw and that. as Yeah, and it was really amazing. Mm -hmm. It most the craziest, it was bizarre. I'm like, why am I here? You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> it was weird, you know. Yeah, how did you get into that? Well, they... Uh, you know, they were trying to figure out, you know, who to get to uh, sing his stuff, you know, because no, nobody's You him. were singing Prince? Oh, yeah. We're playing with the, the Revolution. So have you seen uh, Purple Rain? 
you know, yeah. that was the group, the, you know, the group who made, that was the famous group, you know, so. Yeah. They, uh, all that stuff, and Purple Rain, and Darling Nikki, and all the stuff from that, you know, when they were involved, I think it was like from the early, his early times all the way to like, um, I don't know, late 80s or something like that, and then he, they disbanded. So mm-hmm. all the stuff that they did, um, they, they were trying to find somebody to do it that had the right, not just that sang like him, just had the right energy. So yeah. they landed on me. They'd heard about me, and, you know, seeing me wow. with, with Mint and all that stuff. And um, the, actually the only person who I didn't know was, was Wendy and Lisa. So got to know them, just loved them to death. Just mm-hmm. amazing. So A lot of them yeah. are still like local musicians too. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Z's drummer's still here. You know, Dr. Fink is still here. Uh, Mark Brown. Brown Mark is in Atlanta. And um, yeah, two of them are here. And when Elisa is still out in LA, they do a lot of film work and television. A lot of stuff that you probably watch. Mm-hmm. They score a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Cool. And um, yeah, that was that was a really unique opportunity. And it's every night, you know, I'd sing it because they go out and do a couple songs, then I'd come on and do a couple. Then I would leave. Yeah. And they do. So I was like, in the moment, then I'd go off and then I'd be a fan, like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, it's my turn. I'm singing, then I go off again. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? This is- <laughs> It was crazy. It was really, but just just a beautiful experience, and um, you know, just hearing some of the stories was really amazing, just from their uh-huh. perspective, you know, and how hard he worked, and how hard he worked them. You know, they're still unpacking things years later. Yeah, I mean, it was really intense. Just an intense uh-huh. his, his creation, just massive. Yeah. You know? So, and getting the chance to actually know him before he passed and you know he was always generous uh with, with mint condition as far as taking us places and you know mm-hmm. done some you know playing madison square garden with him and you know wow. went over to to um overseas with him playing some of the biggest crowds you know it was one night with like seventy thousand people the next night with like 30 it was just crazy you know yeah so as far as the eye can see and just being a part of that was just an amazing journey and yeah. just hearing how he works and what to you know what what things to work on and he gave me a you know i'm still unpacking a lot of our our conversations you know that's the thing that i miss the most yeah is you know do you remember one coming. of them well yeah he was just one of the last things was he wanted to be a part of he was like you know so um uh, when are you going to do something i was like you've been I was like uh i'm actually working on it now he's like can i be a part of it i was like <laughs> What Prince wants to be a part of yours? Now I was like, of course, man. This is you know, <laughs> yeah. It just wow. And you know, there's so many things that he shared with me about that, about the journey of just like being in a band, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, being able to contribute like that. And I've always considered meant like it's like it's your university of these incredible yeah. musicians, producers, songwriters. You know, we were a collective, and um, just so many lessons that you know. Forever that will, you know, I always will cherish. And so, you know, him saying that, it's like, look, man, you have a lot more to say. And I want people to know you and that kind of thing. So just to hear it from him yeah. was yeah. really an amazing thing to have somebody recognize. One of your musical heroes, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like, I mean, not many people have heart to hearts with Prince. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. it's And for me, I'm, not, I'm sure other people had conversations. I hear other, some of my other you know, colleagues around, it's like, yeah. I think later on in his life, he started to get, he was became that mentor to people. When I spoke with even like Janelle Monet, he was one of his, you know, she was like, man, he loved her. He yeah. Loved her. Yeah. And I think she was the first person that he let produce 
his vocal. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, so it was like, but he always talk, he's talked about her. So, he, you know, people like that really, yeah, Prince, he was just like a, a, an amazing spirit, you know. And um, he tried to um, really um, impress upon all of us. Just really do your thing, man, to the fullest, you know. Stay reaching, stay pushing the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, that was an amazing uh, time, you know, with him. I'll, I'll miss that, but so many, so many lessons. And, um, yeah, he was a funny dude too, man. He uh, yeah, funny. There was one time we were downtown. I was playing drums with a, a group, and uh, I was back there drumming and singing. And I'm feeling the stuff hit me in the head. Like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? This with these. There was money on the bench. I hear this, and I hear this, ah, this loud laughing. Ah, you better get it. You better play. Whatever. It's Prince back there, and his rolled up hundred dollar bills. He's throwing at me. I'm like, <laughs> What are you doing, man? He's like, oh, he was getting it, man. I was like, oh, man. hilarious, hilarious. I'm like, he's just sitting there. I'm like, what is going on? What is, who's throwing money? Thank you. But I didn't realize, oh, it was $100. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. He was making it rain. Making it rain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, okay, man. All right, rain, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was fun. So, yeah, that was some of the, um, just so many great highlights, you know, that yeah. I had, and being able to meet some of your heroes like that. There's, there's nothing like that. And uh, they say never meet your hero, but you know, for me, I've always had. It's never really been a um, anything bad like that because I've always kept, even with him, I kept my distance of what you know. It's like mm-hmm. okay, you know. So I would wait for him to call me because I was never. I can. I know he could be kind of prickly like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. And I think it ended up being where it's like he would want me around more because of that, probably. Yeah, he's like, this guy's not bothering me. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I wasn't on his payroll. I wasn't familiar like that, you know. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But, yeah, so huh. it was fun. Yeah. What uh, yeah. What other heroes have you met? Uh, other heroes, of course, the great Stevie Wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, it's, it's America's, it's, you know, he's one of the last, you know, um, ones we got, you know. As far as like songwriting, just what he's contributed to American culture, you know, the songbook, mm-hmm. you know, for the world, you know, he's he's like a musician's musician, a singer's singer, you know, yeah. people we are all a songwriter's songwriter. He's everything, you know. He's everything. And he's really a, um, just a great human being, you know, somebody that can take five years off of their life and to help get. Martin Luther King bill passed, you know, he, that was something he was a part of, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of American history that, I mean, a person, a real human being that's dedicated that really helps uplift and shift the culture, you know, American culture as a whole um, in a way. And I'm not sure if uh, many people are aware of that. So that says so much. So he's not, he's more than just, you know, a mm-hmm. musician, he's a humanitarian and these, these things, activists and which are really important. There's a, um, Great human beings, I think we can align ourselves with, you yeah. know, learn something. So every time I see him, it's like I'm meeting him for the first time. You know, yeah. it's really, really amazing. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. do change a lot. Yeah. You know, oh, for You're sure. You're probably meeting a different version of him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time it's it's you know, it, it's like that. But it's it's always amazing. I'm like, man, you know, I have his just having his number, and it's like I just look at like what? Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Met Michael once in in the studio. Michael Jackson, which was oh crazy. really? Yeah, had his mask on, and you know, <laughs> he's only words to me is like, "Oh yeah, uh, what are you guys working on?" I'm like, "I was working on stuff." Oh, I can't wait to hear it. 
looking forward to it. Yeah, I heard it because they were working on the Scream record, him and uh, Janet. And uh, I was like, well, I heard it. I heard it. Yes, it was bubbling in there, man. It's like, yeah, it's turning out really nice. I like it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your impression of him is spot on. <laughs> I was like, oh man, yeah. So that was that was a, that was a cool moment, you know. That's really that, cool. Yeah. So that was, yeah. He was another one. And again, it's like I can't imagine my life like at all without the Jackson Five or Mike. They've always just been there. Yes. You know what I mean? It was just like one of those things growing up. It's like. Mm -hmm. And someone, again, who helped shift American culture, put it, you know, just in a way that we've never seen. Yeah. He was the first music video. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these firsts. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know, so, yeah, man, that's a rub elbows, you know, uh, at different points in my life with, with these people. Just really, mm -hmm. really amazing. Because you, know? you worked a lot with Janet, too. A little, I, well, I was, I was at, so, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, their producer, mm -hmm. and from here they came out of a group called The Time. The time was a group that Prince produced, so mm -hmm. they the, the legend has it that they missed a gig with the time because they were out producing for somebody else in Atlanta, missed the flight. Prince was upset. Prince fired them, oh. and then you know um, Terry Lewis, the, the <laughs> one half of Flight Time, he always says uh, Prince didn't fire us. He uh, <laughs> 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 he gave us uh, he freed us. You know, you basically, uh -huh. he freed us, you know, so they weren't, had they not been fired, they wouldn't become the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that we all know from Mariah Carey Records, Michael, Janet, et cetera, et cetera, some of the biggest yeah. producers ever to do it. And so they had so many people coming in at one time. There was, you know, if you look at a lot of the stuff, my their discography, I was on a lot of records I didn't even know I was on, you know. Really? I was just recording. I was, you know, sometimes it would be just background vocals. Mm. Sometimes it would be, you know, we need drums on this. You know, we need some ad-libs. We need some percussion. We need some hand claps. We need, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, this one time, you know, this would happen often. Uh, I can remember one story that was like, yeah, I love the Usher record you're on, man. It's like, I love, I love what you did. I was like. I, I didn't even know. I was like, what? Uh -huh. What? I had to, I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was for him. Because sometimes I didn't oh, know funny. what songs were for what artists. Yeah. Because they were just churning them out one uh -huh. after the other. Like, boom, boom, boom. Was you it know? you clapping hands for the usher? I might have been drums or something. I don't know. I think I it was vocals. Remember. I could look it, it up. Could be. Oh, you look it up? Was <laughs> it? Okay. It was well, there you go. I just wanted yeah. you to say, like. I don't know. I, I was I, listening to a track. Yeah, I don't and know. And I think that was me clapping. Yeah. I said, one hand right there. That's me. That's me. One hand clap. Yeah. yeah that, um, so there was a lot of that that happened, you know. Um, so a lot of those records, whether it be a, a Mariah Carey record or a, a Boys to Men record or um, even Elton John or something, you know, uh, that I don't even remember. Someone's like, oh, they had to play. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's one of those, uh, again, one of those moments. I was right place, right time. I had the right skill set. And yeah. uh, I guess I was the residential drummer for Flight Time production at the time, you know, <laughs> like, unofficial, again. you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but there. Was, so I was on a lot of records because of them, you know. Um, so you know, Janet, and and later on with uh, Mint, I think it was our second album. We actually were asked. We were on the tour with her. So after Tony, Tony, Tony was on it before an amazing band, and uh, we did the last half of that tour. So okay. That one is, was an amazing experience, just watching her. We we missed one show watching her, only because we had another show mm -hmm. to go to. But 
after I after we got off opening for her, we would go watch her every night. Consummate yeah. professional, just mm-hmm. from oh man, and just the sweetest, sweetest, yeah. sweetest person. I mean, just like yeah. it was really cool to to witness that. So yeah, we had a great time. Had all of these um, people and situations to learn from, you know, mm-hmm. which really kind of put us, you know, it was just part of the journey. You know what I mean? You learn all these different things. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So like. I'm a little unfamiliar of how mm-hmm. like the music industry works, mm-hmm. but so if you're clapping on a background track, mm-hmm. is that something you get royalties from, or is that like no? Uh, um, I helped you, you helped me. No, not those. So what they would call um, that they would call it um, either how would they call it? additional something? Well, they call like uh, if you're doing like some yelling or something, they call that additional vocals. That's not really. A, it's worth a royalty. And okay. how it works is that's not royalty. That's more of a uh, musician's union. So a musician's union p- pays you for session work. Okay. You know what I mean? So you would get paid for whatever, hundred, couple hundred bucks, whatever. It mm-hmm. is. And um, that would, you know, add up over time. You know, you did all these sessions and we just, you know, constantly you have checks coming through. So, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people would pay you under the table. If it's like, okay, I'm going to pay you, you got, I got five songs. And say if it's like, you know, 200 bucks song, you know. So, well, you know, we get a deal. I do for five, you know, songs, you know, we'll just, it'll be just a little bit under what um, the uh, the union would pay you. But if you want the opportunity, you know, yeah. you go ahead and go for it kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but as far as royalties, that kind of thing, that is a thing that, you know, then you have agreements come into place, contracts, that kind of thing. And depending on what you do, if you're a writer on it or if you're a producer, okay, that kind of thing, you kind of work that out within, you know, whoever you're working with, whatever producer, whatever, uh, whoever the artist is or the um, manager. It depends on how they work their business. So okay. those things are pre-planned, pre-worked out. You and know. that's like an agent lawyer thing that yeah, negotiated. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we never talked about your like discovery. So you were mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. You're working odd jobs. Yes. You're so um, how that happened was, uh, so I come back from the Moment of Truth tour with Whitney, right? We put the, you know, whole mint condition thing together. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> officially some, put a title on it. You yeah, guys put a title real on it. Yeah, real band. And so it's just some fun facts coming up. So that was, <laughs> 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 we and all this stuff is, is, you can go look at it. It's crazy, you know. It's just you know some hilarious the way we would dress. But this was the whole <laughs> Minneapolis time back. Yeah. Everybody was just really going, trying to find the ledge, trying to find the edge, and you know, get uh, folks to recognize you and kind of thing. So, Men Condition's first official appearance was at uh, something called the Black Music Awards, and it was at this place called the Carlton Celebrity Room. The Carlton Celebrity Room is, you know, where that is. It's where the Mall of America sits right now. Oh, really? Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. The old baseball stadium was it? Or well, it was that was the between? Met. That was the Met Center. Okay. The Met Stadium. I'm sorry. And it was right across the street. Okay. Yeah, they had the uh, something called Carlton, and everybody would come there. So, at that time, who's who was in the room, you know? And we had these outfits that were crazy. And what one, were they? One. <laughs> <laughs> one. Had, it was. <laughs> Looked like some of it looked like something from Star Trek. Cool. And mind you, um, the person who came up with the um, with Prince's like the uh, the the um, the trench coat, 
the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She was our manager at the time. So oh. and she also made clothes. So she made us clothes and we were we were just trying, yeah, we want something crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Just get people's attention. So we had one leg that was like faux leather. <laughs> and we had like this uh uh V kind of top and it had yellow fringes. The whole thing was black and yellow kind of thing. Cool. And then the other part of the pants leg was like all fishnet. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh. Yeah. I'll let your mind do what it's going to do. Yeah. And we all the started, way up. All the way up. And we started with our back to the audience, right? The curtains came up and we were like, main condition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear it in the audience. It was like, <laughs> how far- And we just went for it. <laughs> how far down did this V go? The, went, did- the V went all the way down, but you know, we had... Heavy choreography stuff was we were jumping up in the air and then we uh, yeah, it was, yeah everything was everything so yeah we <laughs> needless great. to say we got people's attention from jump so <laughs> from the jump from the jump it was it was crazy yeah so that was the beginning of that and so and that was in 1986 wow that's so crazy man mm-hmm. the 1900s yeah and so. Uh, <laughs> Our thing was we didn't really do, we weren't a cover band, so we never really learned anybody else's music. We mm-hmm. were doing like um, a lot of showcases. That was our thing. You know, like a lot of um, events outside where be out in the park, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. at one of the showcases, uh, we did uh, something at First Avenue. And we invited, at the time, MCA Records out. We invited Paisley, you know, Princess people. Mm-hmm. We invited Jamin Lewis from Flight Time. And because, you know, People been hearing, you know, stuff about men condition. Who was this? Who was this group? Whatever. Yeah. Hearing good things. And so um, they came out. Uh, everybody came out. And after, I remember that we only played like 20 minutes or something like that. And uh, after, I remember walking to my car and I saw Jam and Lewis. I'm like, hey, Stoke, good show. Going to talk next week. It's like, oh, really? Okay. I just brushed it off because at that point, I see, you know, it's nothing till it's something in my mm-hmm. mind. It's great. I'm really glad they came out, you know. I'm hoping it is, but I'm like, okay, fine. They came out. It doesn't mean anything. A couple of weeks after that, we were in flight time office, and they were like, you know, what do you guys want to do? I'm like, oh, okay, this might be real. So we would love to produce at least half the album, you know, because we were creators, you know, yeah. we're band creating. And the thing they knew coming from the band at the time, what that meant, and it was like, oh, you can produce the whole damn thing if you want. You know, it's like, just, <laughs> we were like, Okay, cool, you know. Wow. You know, so that was a really, you know, it's again, this a moment in time that, you know, mm-hmm. we had our skill set at a place where it was just um good, you know, at least. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we went on from there, so that's that's what lit the fire and, you know, our first single came out <laughs> didn't do too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we released our second single, uh, a song called Breaking My Heart Pretty Brown Eyes. Mm-hmm. It was one of our biggest hits. And that actually, that song actually was entered the charts. It was kind of stalling, kind of going down. So we decided to go do this uh, grassroots, like, promotional tour in a Winnebago. You know, because it was just like uh-huh. grass, just bare bones. So, yep. And went to all the HBCUs around, you know, historical black colleges in the East Coast and kind of thing, just to kind of break, you know, break ground because mm-hmm. people needed to see you. And I think we're the kind of uh, band that needed to be seen, you know, yeah. the especially the with outfits band. like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had switched from then because it was it had been, you know. So by the time this happened, uh, so flash for so the first was like in '86, but then this happened. Uh, it was like '88, '89, you know. So um, 
89 is when we got signed, you know, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Perspective, Rec- Perspective Records, A&M. And, um, yeah, that's when it came out. And, you know, we started doing that, that little promotional tour. And after that, things started to soar. And just, you know, pop radio picked it up. Everybody was, you know. That's when we would go to radio stations and sing for them. And, you know. Cool. At the time, there was groups like Jodeci and Boys to Men were out. So we were lumped in with the vocal groups. And we're like, no, we're, we sing, but we actually play our own instruments. We're self-contained. So yeah. that was the difference. And people didn't really get that, you know. Mm. And yeah. so people had to experience seeing us, you know. Yeah. So when we hit the stage, it was interesting um, because none of our songs were, most of them were like up-tempos and just kind of aggressive energy. We maybe had like one, we only had one song, the, the Breaking My Heart at the time on the demo. Mm-hmm. And so that went so well that um, oh, we got to have something else slow. So we became this, you know, band that was known for the ballads with, we always had that inner conflict because uh-huh. we were a little bit more rock and roll, you know what I mean? So we yeah. approached, so when people saw us, we had all this energy that we'd be containing inside <laughs> of these ballads. And it was, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. it made for a great show, you know? Yeah. And so everywhere we went, that's that's why people had to experience it, you know, live because it was it had this amazing energy. So, it, you know, word started spreading and that kind of thing. And we mm-hmm. were on these, you know, opening shows and, you know, a great, a lot of opening slots. And yeah, that's, that's what lit the fire. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you'd go to a radio station, do your ballad and then like sneak in something a little more catchy. Well, yeah. On, on, on the, on the live shows, like we would go in, we shamed, like they weren't even playing our record. We shamed them into playing the record. That's <laughs> that good. That's good. good. You know? Everybody likes a guilt yeah. trip. <laughs> <laughs> we went there knowing they weren't playing, especially the pop radio. And we'd be like, oh, thank you for playing the record. And that's where that, we're playing the record. <laughs> I don't think we are. You know, but, you know, but they would get wind that it was, you know, gaining steam. And nobody likes to be uh, the person that doesn't know. I'm not in on the joke or I'm not in on whatever the yeah. end thing is. It's like, oh, well, we know about it, too. You know, so they started. That's a great know, tactic. Yeah. I don't know if it worked now, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it worked. And uh, it, it was it was honest because it was it was gaining steam and the song was really hot. And it was, you know, we were just really on fire at that time. So. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting, you know, concept <laughs> the way they did it. You know, it's like, man, we had a lot of fun though, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So that's what, that's what lit it up. And from there, you know, did the second, you know, first album, second album, and like I said, that's when we got with the um, did the um, Johnny Jackson tour. Yep. And um, and you were her opener. Opener, yes, yeah, yeah opener for that. And uh, after that, did the third album, and. Um, at that time, what did we do after that? There was just a bunch of stuff we did, a bunch of gigs, a bunch of shows. You know, there's some, you know, a couple um, television th- television things we did. And then after that, um, we were looking to get off the label, and that was about 1995, 96, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we struck up a deal with Electra uh, Records at the time. We put out um, Life's Aquarium, and that was a great, great bunch of songs and um after that i think that project we were trying to figure out what to do so we went on tour we were the backup band for tony braxton at that time so we were actually opening for her mm-hmm. and then we played we were her band as well so that we it was kind of cool, cool yeah looking. yeah it was fun it was cool and um one of the members found love him and tony got married <laughs> carrie <laughs> and so he left and then um it was just the five of us, and then we went on and we did um, only one album for Electric Records, and then 
we had uh, there was like a little hiatus where we just wanted to do some life things. So me and another keeper player, Lawrence Waddell, we took like a five month intensive Spanish course, which was amazing. It was one of the best classes huh. I've ever taken. Yeah, just yeah. So you you became bilingual just in five months? Yeah, it was great. It was a universe, uh, university language center over mm -hmm. at the U of M. And matter of fact, it was such a great program that it trumped the unit the U of M's Spanish program. Yeah. So the people there at the college were coming to this. It was on campus, you know, but it was just part of mm -hmm. a different thing. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. So after that, we took it. We went to Greece and Spain and Italy just to you know, just as a you know just to use the language, just travel a little bit. Me and Larry wanted to keep our players. So yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was that was fun. So I've I've always been into language and just like I've always been a mimicker, mm -hmm. you know. So listening to the accents of you know uh, how people say things, whatever country I'm in, I'm always learning. Like okay, please, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, where's the bathroom? Uh, no meat. That's <laughs> 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 my basic, you know. So yeah. Um, and from there, it just kind of, oh, you got to learn how to say this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The crowd would love this, you know, because mm -hmm. anytime you, you know, the language, it's like, it's like, oh, man, they feel like you're a part of them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always fun. So, yeah, that um, we did that, um, took the class. And then after that, we were thinking more independent. And so we did uh, something called Live from the 930 Club, mm -hmm. uh, Living the Luxury Brown. These were all on an independent, you know, uh, label that we I had at the time called Caged Bird Records and um, struck up a deal with this um, video company called Image Entertainment. So um, we did a deal with them. And uh, yeah, we did like a live video with that uh, concert video. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it started us on the independent route and we just kept going from there. And um, yeah, man, it's just so much. You make me think about so much stuff is coming. I'm like, wow. And you're like, I've had crazy. a great life. This is crazy, <laughs> man. It's been really, yeah, it's been really crazy. You know, I've always been, even before Mint, during Mint, I've always, um, you know, played in different bands. You know, I was also with this group called Ursus Minor, and they were based out of France. So I would do a tour with them some one, once a year, twice a year sometimes. We tour all over, you know, France. And this group was just very, uh, bare bit of everything, you know, because the keyboard player, uh, the piano player was, uh, he played for the uh, Philharmonic in London. I mean, just, he looked like, he looked like uh, Rachmaninoff or somebody, he looked like one of these composers back in the uh -huh. day, hair is crazy, you know, <laughs> straight Brit, bumbling Brit. Bum, 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 bum. Just angry. Yeah, had the, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, another uh, French saxophone player and had a um, guitar player from Philly. Amazing. Just four of us and just me and I would mm -hmm. sing and play drums. And it was just such an eclectic blend of, you know, sometimes you'd hear a, yeah. a pin drop. It'd be so quiet. And then the next minute it'd be like just bombastic, you know, crazy. Yeah. But I would say like traveling like in France, these places there, you have these audiences who are available and ready for that, you know, because mm -hmm. they, you can speak to them in a way that you can't hear in the States. Here in the States, it's like, like you have to have a record. It's almost like you have to be popular. Then we'll come see you, you know? Yeah. If you're good there, there you have a fan forever. It's like mm -hmm. they, they find out that's it. They're coming, yeah. you know? And it's like you, they're into the art of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Same thing like in Japan. It's like, man, the cool thing about Japan is it's, it's intergenerational. So mm -hmm. you have the people that's your age, they might 
and they'll bring their parents and their grandparents. Wow. And they're all sitting up there partying. Family trip. Yeah, I'm like, wow. It's, it was just like, it's an amazing thing to, to see, huh. you know, to experience. So, yeah, I mean, the first time they started coming to, to Europe, uh, it was um, it was different. And I'm glad to see the change, you know, because when I went there the first, with the whole Whitney thing, mm-hmm. something called uh, Checkpoint Charlie was in there. So that was like they had a uh, wall, the Berlin Wall was up. Wow. And matter of fact, we took a trip over to East Berlin. You know, it was a little scary because yeah. we were like, are we going to get back on the other side? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I but mean, you didn't know. Yeah, but, you know, they had a thing where you can go over there to a certain part. So we went and um, I remember getting to the other side and looking at the wall. There's all, like, bullet holes everywhere. Just yes. as far. I was like, whoa. But the energy was different. I, mm-hmm. Immediately when we crossed that that wall, uh-huh. it was gray. I mean, just the energy was crazy. It was, there was a lady in the stoop swooping. She was like, looking like, I was like. <laughs> she was like, are you here to bring joy? Wow. I, it was just, it was it was yeah. really dark. It was a trip. So, huh. yeah, it was really, really interesting. So, now, Did you years get a lot later. of people at that show? Hmm? Did you get a lot of people at that show? Yeah, they were there. So, I mean, that was just like a tour we went, you know. So, we went and, and just, uh, it was a day trip we did. So, we didn't play in East Berlin because it was total, you know. Was, oh, no, was, you just it, went to go see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just visited, just as like a little little trip. Um, but yeah, they were there. They were there up for it. And people were so just rabid fans. They were just mm-hmm. like, <sighs> you know, because they don't, you know, get that kind of thing. So, it was interesting to travel at that time as opposed to now. And mind you, like whatever we did here in the States, they would get it like years later. Yeah. So, they were on some disco trip. I was like. What y'all are just getting this now? You're like wow. I can do this. Yeah, right. I'm like, but this we had this like ten years ago, y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a happening thing now. I was like, wow, okay, wow. Mm-hmm. whatever. It's all good, man. And uh, as opposed to now, uh, with this whole thing of the, the the internet, it's immediate. Yeah. So whenever we get something, they're gonna get it. This is you know, mm-hmm. like I can make it something. I can make something tonight and put it up, and somebody in ten buck two can have it. You know what I mean? Just immediately. So it's not travel time is just, you know, which is it's it's cool. It kind of puts the power back into uh to the artist, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because that is the thing that that middle person with labels, uh, the distributors like you have to wait for this and that there's so much red tape you gotta go through, you know, mm-hmm. so many, you know, levels of the what's gotta do this before it does. We gotta clear this and blah, 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 like, you know, because what it used to be you uh, make an album, right? And then uh, you have to prep it for press and all stuff. That it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You know, get the mm-hmm. anticipation. But also, they have to, you know, uh, proof all of the um, all of the uh, the credits, all that stuff to make sure it goes through three or four rounds of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that takes, you know, it might be three months from when you turn in a record. Oh, and you're so excited. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why a lot of times a lot of artists, you know, oh, so wow, you just get on this record. Oh, man, we're we're on to our next record. This has been done, you know. Yeah. So they're already, you know, on to whatever the next thing. So every artist was, it's, you know, to the public it was new. For mm-hmm. us, it's like we've been living with it forever, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so it's an interesting process now where it's it's immediate. Like you can put something up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whereas that process is you've eliminated uh, some of that. They still do some of that now, or just the anticipation it's coming and that you have to go through the whole process of proofreading and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. there's less to do because you don't have any CDs anymore. 
Yeah. All, you know what I mean? There's nothing to write. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, that's a shame because that's how we used to get all our information of who to get to mix something, who you want to style it, um, who you want to shoot it. You know what I mean? Now you have to go digging. Who did this album? You know what I mean? Who yeah. mixed it? Who did the styling on it? You know what I mean? Who shot the pictures? That kind of uh-huh. who's the art director? You know, uh-huh. that stuff. That's how we all used to get work. So now the only person getting credit really is the main artist. The main artist. And you have to go dig. You have to say who did. I mean, they have it, but you have to go to Google and say who engineered, you know, Dual Lipa's song on blah 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 this album. Mm-hmm. You know, Which, then it, it might come up. You it know might. Know I mean? It might come up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, man. So. At what point did you uh, meet your wife? Met her, huh? I met her in, in LA. <clears throat> She's from Altadena, but would spend uh, her summers in DC because you got family in DC. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so this was in, I would say, oh, what album was that? So that had to be, oh, met her in 1999 in Los Angeles. And you remember the, the Motown Records, right? Yeah. So Motown had a show at the time. You know, it wasn't around for that long. So where all these artists would come on and uh, sing their songs and whatnot. <clears throat> and so I met her there. And she was, uh, my wife was a, uh, she'd been doing hair for forever since she was 16. Mm-hmm. And she's also a chef, pastry chef. And so she was doing hair then with uh, some people. You know, she was there with maybe Eve and I think. DMX was there. Some, there was a bunch of people on, on the show at that time. And um, so one of her friends was a big Men Condition fan. Mm. And so huh. we were playing, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, so, but she was there with him doing whoever's hair, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And then so I was off. I think what happened was um, I came off stage sound check or something like that. And then I met the guy, whoever was with her. I was like, yeah, I'm a big fan, blah, blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I'm talking off mic. <laughs> okay. That means I'm just comfortable. That's yeah, right. yeah, that's mm-hmm. So um, then she said, oh, my name is Sylvia. I was like, oh, good to meet you, uh, whatever. And um, he, the guy was saying, well, I could do your hair, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He'd already said that, so she couldn't use that same line. I could <laughs> So she was just like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, stay in touch with you, give you my information kind of thing. So I remember she wrote it down in this pink sparkly pen. You know. mm, jelly rolls. Yeah, Those yeah is that really what it was? Back then. Is that what it was? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. pink sparkly pen. I remember that. And um, so it was in 1999. Met her there in L.A. Motown live show. Uh huh. But I didn't call her and didn't. Were you too fast nervous? forward? I don't know what I was doing at the time. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like you were like interested, like in dating at all, really, with all the music. I was right? dating, but it was just like uh, I wasn't. I don't know. I think at that time, let's see, that that record and everything, there was a lot going on. We had, you know, I was definitely in a business mode and, you know, I was dating, but it wasn't like priority, priority, yeah. like, you know what I mean, at that mm-hmm. time. So um, there were some changes being made, I think, um, after that was when I think Carrie had left the group and all that stuff. So we had all that stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so yeah, fast forward a couple years, you know, when we started doing the men condition, like um, we were off the corporate structure. We were doing independent, mm-hmm. you know. And so we played this. We did. I mentioned uh, an album called Nine Thirty Club or Live from uh, Living the Luxury Brown. That was in like ninety. I'm sorry, like that was like in two thousand four or something like that, two thousand three, two thousand four. 
And <laughs> I remember giving, you know, uh, an autograph for somebody, one of the one of the players, Jeff, had a friend. He was like, oh, that's person wants an autograph from you, whatever, blah. So I did the autograph. Mm-hmm. We went to play in D.C. And Jeff tells me, oh, yeah, the, the girl you gave an autograph to, my friend's friend, yeah, she's here, just wants to wants to meet you, you know. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, she's, she's outside. And he was like, hurry up, because I was getting dressed. She was like, yeah. you might want to hurry up. I was like, what do you mean? Hurry up. I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> might, I was like, okay, what do you mean? What is that? You know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we played the show and everything. So I came out there. I was like, "Hi, good to meet you." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, we're just talking for a minute." And um, she, I, you know, I said, "I'm going back in, and get ready to go, whatever that kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And she says, "Can I give you my information again?" And Did she say again. No, well, I, I'm saying again. She said, oh. "Can I give you my information?" Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, sure." And she starts to write it, and I'm looking at this pink sparkly pen. I was like. Then I looked up. I was like, it's you. I haven't met you before, haven't I? And she was like, yes. She wasn't gonna <laughs> she wasn't gonna say anything. She was like, yes. I was like, 1999 in LA at Motown Live, right? She was like, Wow. I don't know why or how I remember that. You know, from you know, at the time I was like, that was crazy. And just like two weeks before, I was cleaning out my drawers at home and I remembered t- t- Sylvia had her, and I threw it up. <laughs> I threw I was like, oh, like I can't I, call her now. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's where and from there, you know, so there was that little space but then we, we met and that was it. Wow. You know, shoot yeah. or shoot. You know, that's what she was doing. You know, she shot her shot. I shot, shot and got the second. But something about that pink sparkly pen and I was, I was just I, in the moment. So I guess it was it was meant. So yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think everything like that for sure happens for a reason. Yeah. Like the timing wasn't right before, mm-hmm. but it was the right girl. Right time. Just mm-hmm. everything. And then that's I got all of that in that moment. I was like, oh, wow. That's, yeah. OK. So we just kept talking as, as people do. And like, you know, it felt right and it felt right again and it felt right you know it's like this is mm-hmm. let's go what i'm hearing let's is go. create your situation create the moment <laughs> create the moment create yeah. Those yeah and make destiny happen. Yeah, yeah and ma- and let it happen yeah. you know what i mean yeah. don't block your blessings yeah. you know nah. what I mean? there you go yeah and Absolutely. get a sparkly pink pen. <laughs> get a sparkly pink pen. Make yourself stand oh, out. Today. That's right. That's right, man. That's 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 it. That was it. So that's beautiful. Yeah, so how long yeah. have you guys been together now? Since let's see. Oh God. Um it's, 2004. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. How did you convince her to move to Minnesota? <laughs> 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 well, it was, you know, we were trying to figure it out, you know. I was like, am I going to move? And I was like, oh, the whole production is here. The band is here, and you know. So that would have been a, a bigger thing. And, you know, I'm a, a, um integral part of the band. You know, we do a lot of recording, you know. I had, you know, stuff set up at the house at the time, too. And as things were getting more uh, computerized, you know, studios, I had home studios, so I was very, you know, uh, was the centerpiece for that, you know, or one of the centerpieces, I should say. Um, so, you know, we looked at Atlanta, we looked at, we went down there for a second, you know, she was looking, moving down there and to be closer, and, you know. Um, 
But then decided, she was like, look, let's do it. So we drove from D.C. And that's where she was staying at the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, got in that little Penske truck, packed it up (laughs) (laughs) in October. That's right. The poor girl. Her first winter. The first winter was interesting. But she she likes being inside with the fireplace on, watching the snow. It's nice. It's just... It's the cold and the ice. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's just really, I don't mind the snow, but, you know, if I can, if there was no ice, yeah. it, you know, it makes you anxious and nervous, yeah. you know, and then the mm-hmm. cold, it's like, mm-hmm. that's tough, you know. The, the roughest winter for her, I think, was when we had, I was playing with Ursus Minor, the French group I told you about. So I had a tour with them mm-hmm. lined up and then some stuff with Mint in, uh, a, was it Iraq at the time, or was it a? Yeah, it was Iraq. Wow. Went to Iraq to play for the troops, and so I had to play with you know go to France and do that tour first, right? Mm-hmm. So I did that, <laughs> and I remember I had like four bags or something like that, and I got to the gate, you know, to the check-in, and I was like, yeah, we had to fly through Kuwait, I had to go to Kuwait first. And I get there, and it's like, oh, and lady was like, okay, that'll be 900 pounds. And I'm like, or a 900 euro. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's funny. She was laughing. I was like, that's funny. And she stopped laughing. She said, 900 euros. I'm like, what? <laughs> For my bag? Like, because it was Kuwait? Yeah, I guess. You know, all my bags. I was like, wait, I can see a couple hundred. What? Yeah. You know, in 900 uh, euro, that's like. You know, a couple more, you know, like might have been a thousand right. bucks, you know what I mean? U.S. I was like, okay, that was the first shocker. I'm like, okay, that's crazy. So anyway, we we toured, you know, uh, some play, a couple places in Iraq. And then we went um, to um, was a place in, in Japan. And then after that, we went to record this show called Way Black Wind in L.A. for two weeks. So I would been, we had been gone for like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, a month and a half, something like that. And at that time, she had to get out and shovel. It was a really bad winter. (laughs) Like, really. They have services for this. I know. Yeah. It was (laughs) then, it was just, she was out, you know, it was, yeah. It's a good workout, at least. It was a good way. So that one, I was like, so from that time, it was like, okay, if that happens, we get the service and don't even worry about it. You shouldn't be out there trying to. (laughs) But, you know, she got her break. You got to do it once. Yeah. She she got got her broken in, you know, the Minnesota winter. So, yeah. 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 Has she, like, has it changed how you move? Once you got into a serious relationship, like how balancing like romance and well, career and all that. Thankfully, um, how we used to tour, we would just be out for weeks and weeks and weeks, and just straight. You know, I remember missing so many winters. So I mean, that's why I probably never moved because I got yeah. enough of. You know, we when it's winter time, we'd be out in the south or out west or somewhere where it's hot. So I'd miss the whole winter seasons. You know, leave at you know right. New Year's and that kind of thing, and then be out a couple weeks later until. April, you know. Yeah. And, uh, what happened? Oh, everything is nice here. Well, you missed the whole winter, man. It was horrible. I was like, okay. <laughs> Your wife's out there. Struggling, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And that, um, but now it's like uh, weekends. So mm-hmm. it might be out Thursday or Friday till Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like I just did a private gig the other day. I was, went out, left on Friday and got back uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. you know. Um, could be the whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday or Monday, or it could be one day. So, and then the rest of the week, I say weekend warrior, and then the, on the weekdays, we just chauffeur the kids around. 
Yeah. I'm chauffeur on the weekday, so I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you are tonight. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. There we go. And it continues. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it makes for a better balance. You see kids grow. Mm-hmm. And you have your relationship, you know, uh, that you got to cultivate and cultivate and maintain and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's, it's a good balance, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think space is good sometimes. So it's just enough of everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And make sure you do stuff together to make sure you, you strengthen your body and keep that going. It's really important to have that balance, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it works much better now. Yeah. Good. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, every yeah. relationship has its growing pains. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You just got to maintain. It's, 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 it's communication with any relationship, whether, you know, I always say my first marriage was the band because you had five. I mean, that's. That was that, everything. That is a musical marriage. And it's just like any relationship. Mm-hmm. And everybody has feelings about this. You know, making decisions together. Oh gosh, yeah. Somebody does something you don't like. Somebody's up, and I can tell you, men can be just, if not more, you know, mm-hmm. sensitive yes. about it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, yes. um, but a beautiful experience, nonetheless. I wouldn't have done it any other way, mm-hmm. you know, because it teaches you so much about humanity, human behavior, and learning when to push, when to pull back, yeah. you know, um, how to speak to people, how to listen. It teaches you how to listen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, so that's what I definitely got from that. So it's a much better, you know, uh, like I said, all in all, with, with touring and everything, it's a much better deal right now. It just yeah. definitely, it's much more balanced. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this part of it. Yeah. 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 Is there a what's next for you? Oh, well, I'm always recording. I have a bunch of stuff. I feel like, you know, I, I'm sure for everybody it's just true. For COVID has really put so many things on the back burner, you know, because we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, there are a lot of production uh, things that I put on the back burner. I love beginning artists, mm-hmm. uh, new artists who I've been working on. Um, that I'm going to, you know, reconvene that whole thing. And uh, in the next year or two, you all definitely will be hearing okay. some, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of a uh, few auditions here and there. So the film and TV thing has always been, you know, my thing. I was, did a little bit of theater when I was younger too. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's always been there, you know. And, are you doing uh, anything locally, or you want to you want to be TV, TV? Well, I would like to do both. I actually just to you know get my chops together is um, like community theater. I'm not above doing that, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that's I really I don't want to be the guy who hasn't been doing something. And I I got respect for actors and actresses, people who put their work in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be coming in just because oh, just because you do music and you've had this success here doesn't mean you know. I respect the art too much, so I want to go in knowing my lines, knowing my cues, you know, and just having that instinct. And that takes time to kind of get it together. You can't just, mm-hmm. sure, I could go in and, you know, I've had people offer me certain roles. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to do the first. I'm I'm not ready for it, you know. Yeah. I just don't want to do it just because I can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Are um, about doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> no, stand-up, <laughs> that's, that's just something that happens sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, they always say, um, I, I, I do, um, uh, Dave Chappelle, I run into him every once in a while. I've, I met him like years ago and uh, he clowned me and my family when he didn't know, in which he still remembers, by the way. He's got a <laughs> memory like an elephant. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. My whole family. We just, he was just going in. Every going on, all of us. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and my sister's friend purposely sat us in the front row. You don't go to no black comedy club and go in front row. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you will get got, and that's exactly uh-huh. what happened. You know. Yeah. Do you dad, remember what he said about you? Oh, uh, well, you got on my dad. My dad had on the sailor hat, and they kept calling what? him Skipper all night. It was, 
<laughs> yeah, isn't that right? They, they'd say a joke. Yeah, such and such and hi, hi. Isn't that right, Skipper? I was like, oh. And my cousin had it on this old school members only. It was this popular jacket called members only back in the day. Yeah. Like, oh, so you're still wearing that, huh? Was, I mean, it was just, it went on and on and on and on. <laughs> you know, and he remembered that. And if I was going to say that Chappelle would always say, you know, comedians want to be musicians and musicians want to be comedians. You know, mm-hmm. you'll always find com- uh, musicians who are just naturally funny. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, it's yeah. part of those with, you know, we're always imitating somebody or something, you know. It's, it's always a fun thing to do. So, like yeah. a Michael Jackson impersonation. <laughs> At this point, I don't mean to do it. I just I'm trying to get into the You're spirit. Just so of you. good. Yeah, I don't know. He's just you know he's so impactful like this. Like man, yeah, it's just just amazing. I can't 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 believe it. Yeah. Your Prince yeah. impression was good too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of practice with that. That's yeah. 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 Hearing him. Oh my god. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. I think like we are okay. So the question we ask on every single podcast is, mm. "What does success mean to you?" What does success mean to you? Yeah, because it means different things to different people, for sure. Uh, for sure, it's not money. That's number one because I know most folks equate that to money. I think um, uh, success to me is being able to balance every single thing in your life at every uh um at 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 every level you know because you have at a certain level right and things come things that are hard Mm -hmm. things that are great how do you balance yourself within a family life you know uh, business you know and then you get to another level of success or failure Mm -hmm. trying to you know navigate through that if you are I think really balanced in a way where, you know, your mental health is right. I th- to me, I just call that, it's simple, enough, but I think that's successful. And yeah. I think you only know that the older that you get because you realize how hard it can be, mm-hmm. that journey through the way. Because you think that, oh, this is really hard. Like to get in the industry is really hard. Mm-hmm. Then to have success is really hard. Mm-hmm. Then to keep it is really hard. Mm-hmm. Then to balance your personal life on is really hard, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have another level of that. And the year goes by and there's something else and there's something else. So yeah. you have these challenges the whole way. So I would just say balance, balancing, the balancing act at every level, if you can succeed in that without going crazy. <laughs> I yes. call that success. <laughs> yeah. I mean, without yeah. going crazy. But like yeah. so many times, like you have to realize what you need to lose. Mm. Like because things always fall by the wayside. you got to pick what you lose, though. Mm-hmm. That's the balance. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh my God, that's that perfectly said. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know we're kind of getting a little long on time, but I do. I am also curious, like your setbacks or failures. Like, how mm-hmm. did you, how did you really deal with those? If you had any that you that stand out strongly to you, there, there's always. I look at it as perspective now. It's like I can look at it as a failure, or I can look at it as it was um, a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some things, you know, what's for you is for you. Yeah. And you may think it was for you. Like, I, I think, you know, when we wanted to be out and thought we should get signed and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. wasn't the time. We thought it was. Mm-hmm. And thank God we didn't because mm-hmm. we knew nothing, mm-hmm. had nothing. We weren't ready. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have been ready for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just really 
you know, you think you just hyped up off of, you know, whatever you think, whoever you think you are in that moment. It's like, yeah. we didn't have enough. We didn't know enough. Wow. And that's just, I call it youth juice. You know, yeah. <laughs> we all, you know, you know, especially if you feel like you, all right, people are telling you, oh, we're kind of good. And, you know, and you think you got it, but you, you know, get out in the world and you're like, okay. And one of the things that was really cool for me to see this game was that Whitney Houston tour. Yeah. That was the top of the, she was it at the time. And I'm seeing that. I'm like, oh, got a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but there's there's always going to be setback. Not just, I mean, in any, just living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the music or entertainment or whatever you, uh, this thing is, you know. It's um, trying to, again, navigate through, try to figure out. What is for you? Those pitfalls, again, it's in everything, you know, who you're hanging around. You know, it's like you're trying to, I've always, you know, hung around people that knew as much or, you know, or more, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get to that goal. You know, like I said, I was always the youngest person in, in most of the groups I played in. So there were all these examples, good and bad. So I would try to take those and like, okay, do more of that, less of that, you know. <laughs> bad, I'm not so sure, but I don't know yet. I got to research that. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, there's just trying to be aware as, as I can. And for me, um, I had people around me that would kind of pull me, you know, to decide, like, look, you may not want to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And I've always been kind of a cautious person anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, that spoke to me. So mm-hmm. I guess somebody was, was looking out for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super yeah. cool. I mean, just yeah. like the pink or jelly roll, when it's supposed to happen, when it's, it's going to ha- happen. There you go. The pink mm-hmm. spoke to me, you know. Patient pink sparkle. Nice to see you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely though. Is there yeah, very lovely. Is there um anything we can do to help you out? Um right now as I always say, you know, hit me on uh social media, which is uh Stokely official, that's on IG or Facebook or uh, the X, you know, <laughs> formerly oh, Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go and try. I'm always posting stuff, you know, shows or what my latest uh, outings are going to be, what mm-hmm. I'm doing, um, who I'm working with, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, or go to iStokely.com. Yeah, I got hats and some swag on there for you, mm-hmm. you know, some t shirts and whatnot. All right, you know, hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you all. I appreciate anybody listening, anybody who's interested in what a Stokely is, you know. <laughs> Who is he? Yeah, what is this thing? Yeah, so. And uh, appreciate it. Yeah. I think you gave us a great idea, like, mm. of who you are, what you are, what you stand for, mm. like, the hard work that got you mm. the success that you have. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I just have to thank you so much for coming out oh, here. Oh, thank like, you. Like, I'm honored that you were like, All yeah, right. sure, let's be on it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, was, I'm glad to be, really, for sure, for sure. And cool. I, I look forward to the future. I can't wait to, in another year or another six months where you guys are, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to keep in, keep my eyes yeah. on it. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. No, I appreciate it. I, I, yeah. I'm excited to see us grow together. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And, uh just uh, congratulations on all of your accomplishments thus far. She told me that you're doing all of your your beginnings and whatnot. You know, beginnings. We're trying here. Yeah. 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 We're grinding up. Yeah. Do it. Go Everybody, ahead. Stokely yeah. Williams, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah. Big set.